0: Hello and welcome to this week's podcast edition of Scripps' 5 Must Know Things. This time for the Business Week ended 6th August 2021. This is Ian Haydock. This time, AstraZeneca looks to return to normality. Bayer's hopes for Carrendia. Novartis's plans for a new version of Zolgensma, Arcturus benefits from mRNA interest. And Abvi changes tack in Alzheimer's. After an intense 18 months of developing and manufacturing a not-for-profit COVID-19 vaccine for the world, AstraZeneca is entering a new phase as it looks to return to some kind of normality in its commercial and R&D operations. The company is still very much engaged in the field and head of R&D, Pangalos, is overseeing the development of a second-generation COVID-19 vaccine but there is a clear sense that the immense pressure of 2020's race to develop a vaccine for the pandemic has now abated. Andrew McConaughey writes that is important for the company, which must maintain its run of R&D success and productivity, established under Pangalos in recent years, with non-small cell lung cancer drug Tagrisso and diabetes heart disease therapy for Ziga, among its novel blockbusters, propelling its growth, currently one of the best in the sector. The company has also just finalised its $39 billion acquisition of Alexion, which will operate as a semi-autonomous rare disease unit, but which could further boost AstraZeneca's presence in novel immunology-based therapies. There is no doubt that developing the COVID-19 vaccine has taken its toll on Pangalos and his colleagues, who have been applauded for bringing the low-cost and highly effective vaccine to people around the world, but who have also been criticised for problems with manufacturing, and concerns about cases of rare but potentially fatal side effects. That means AstraZeneca is still having to defend its achievements on the vaccine, known as Vaxzevria. Speaking as the company reported its performance in the first half of the year, Pangalos told Scrip that he and his colleagues are proud of what they have achieved, but also exhausted. It most definitely has not been easy, because the day job and everything else has had to carry on at the same time, he said. The company and its manufacturing partner, the Serum Institute of India, have now delivered one billion doses worldwide, which includes being the European Union's second biggest vaccine supplier and the biggest supplier to the global COVAX initiative, benefiting lower and middle income countries in particular. Bayer believes that an incredibly strong label and major unmet need will push Corendia, approved last month in the US for chronic kidney disease in patients with type 2 diabetes to soon become one of its biggest sellers. Speaking as the German group unveiled its second quarter results, pharmaceuticals chief Stefan Ulrich said that given there are more than 160 million patients worldwide that live with CKD and type 2 diabetes, Corendia represents a significant opportunity. He added that the mechanism of action of the drug, a non-steroidal mineralocorticoid receptor antagonist, is well known to kidney specialists, but so far they haven't had a medicine that they could prescribe with this indication because of side effects. Kevin Grogan reports that Ulrich stressed how broad Carendia's label is, noting that it's actually approved for five different indications, namely the reduction of sustained estimated glomerular filtration rate decline, kidney failure, cardiovascular death, non-fatal myocardial infarction and hospitalisation for heart failure in adult patients with CKD associated with type 2 diabetes. It's an incredibly strong label and we are going to go in initially targeting nephrologists, endocrinologists and a select group of primary care physicians, Ulrich said. The launch is ongoing in the US and we should have commercial presence in doctors' offices towards the end of the month, he said noting that we're right now working with the different commercial payers as a priority. He added that the drug is unlikely to make it into the company's top 15 sellers this year because we're only coming out of the gate basically in September. But Bayer is confident it will become a blockbuster in the near future. Novartis is back on the path to potentially doubling the addressable market for its spinal muscular atrophy gene therapy, Zolgensma, now that the US FDA has lifted a partial hold on the clinical trial for an intrathecal version of the product, known as OAV101. While the move lifts an overhang from the program itself, the safety of adeno-associated virus-based gene therapies in general remains an ongoing concern. Alaric Diamond writes that the Swiss drugmaker said on 3rd August that the FDA lifted the partial clinical hold on its Phase 1-2 Strong study after the company provided toxicology data from non-human primates that addressed questions of dorsal root ganglia injury after intrathecal administration. Based on the decision, as well as input from the FDA and European Medicines Agency, Novartis plans to initiate the Phase III STEA study in treatment-naive patients aged 2 to 18 who are able to sit but unable to walk. Zolgensima is administered intravenously and approved for children younger than two, while the product's competitors are approved to treat paediatric and adult patients. Biogen's antisense oligonucleotide Spinraza, developed with Ionis Pharmaceuticals, is approved for SMA patients regardless of age and Roche's RNA therapeutic Evrisdi, developed with PTC Therapeutics, is approved for SMA patients aged two months and older. Novartis said that while disease progression is slower in patients with later onset of SMA, significant unmet needs remain. The company showed OAV101 produced a clinically meaningful response in patients aged two to younger than five with type 2 SMA based on interim data from the first two dosing arms of the phase 1-2 strong study prior to the clinical hold. The FDA placed the partial clinical hold on studies looking at intrathecal administration of the gene therapy in October 2019, citing findings from a preclinical study showing development of DRG mononuclear cell inflammation, sometimes accompanied by neuronal cell body degeneration or loss. In September 2020, the agency told Novartis it would have to conduct a confirmatory study to collect data backing up the strong study results. Arcturus therapeutic shareholders made hay following a leap of 68% in the biotech's value upon a nod from Singapore for a Phase 1-2 trial for the US company's COVID-19 vaccine candidates. The significant increase also suggests investors have one eye on it becoming a takeover target following the recent Sanofi Translate Bio acquisition announcement. The French giant looks set to acquire its long-term mRNA partner following a $3.2 billion proposal unanimously approved by both companies' boards. This makes Sanofi the first big pharma to bring an mRNA platform in-house which may well prompt rivals to make similar moves. William Masters writes that Arcturus' recent trial news comes the perfect time to capitalise on this sentiment, marking the biotech a possible acquisition candidate if the likes of Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson and GSK follow Sanofi's lead. Singapore approved a Phase 1-2 trial of ARCT154 and ARCT165, Arcturus' candidates for a next-generation COVID-19 vaccine. The San Diego headquartered firm is evaluating the drugs for both primary vaccination as well as potential boosters following initial vaccination with Comirnaty, the BioNTech Pfizer mRNA vaccine. The new trial will be partly funded by the Singaporean government. The news follows hot on the heels of the announcement of a Phase 1-2-3 trial evaluating ARCT154 in Vietnam in collaboration with and funded by manufacturing partner VinBioCare Biotechnology. ARCT 154 and 156 are principally aimed at the next generation COVID 19 vaccine market, with both demonstrating strong antibody responses against all strains of the virus in preclinical studies, including Delta. Arcturus' pipeline is based on two proprietary technology platforms. The first, Luna, is a novel lipid mediated delivery system, and the second is Star which combines self-replicating RNA with its lunar delivery system into a single solution. Looking longer term, Arcturus's pipeline also contains a vaccine candidate for influenza, as well as therapeutics aimed at cystic fibrosis and rare disease ornithine transcarbamylase deficiency, the latter of which recently began a phase 1b study. Finally, the major revelation coming out of AbbVie's second quarter sales and earnings report, which was largely as expected, was that the firm is abandoning a phase 2 tau targeted Alzheimer's disease candidate and working to advance a beta-amyloid targeting agent in clinical development later this year or early in 2022. Multiple analysts called AbbVie's change of direction in Alzheimer's somewhat expected, given the recent U.S. FDA approval of Biogen's Aduhelm a decision that, although controversial and based on mixed efficacy data, gave new momentum to the Alzheimer's field. AbbVie said on the 30th July earnings call it would discontinue its anti-tau protein ABBV8E12, which failed a recent Phase 2 study in Alzheimer's. Joseph Haas reports that, consistent with all Alzheimer's drug development, several tau programs have failed. Biogen recently terminated one anti-tau programme, BIIB092, but is sticking with another, BIIB080, an antisense-based drug partnered with Ionis Pharmaceuticals. Abvi president Michael Severino said available data from its research point to a potential therapeutic opening for beta-amyloid antibody therapy in Alzheimer's with a key characteristic being quick action that clears plaques more rapidly than existing agents and reduces the risk of amyloid-related imaging abnormalities. After investigating several preclinical compounds, AbbVie has selected a beta-amyloid antibody candidate that it thinks can offer those properties and it plans to bring that drug into the clinic later this year or early in 2022, the executive said. To see a cognitive benefit, a beta-amyloid therapy will need to offer deep reductions in plaque levels as well as quick therapeutic activity, Severino added. We think that that can be done through epitope selection, he explained. There are slight differences in the amyloid forms that are present in the vessel wall compared to plaque, and with appropriate epitope selection, we believe, and our preclinical data would support, that you can do that with reduced risk of ARAI. We now need to see whether the clinical data support that as well. With the termination of its tau-directed antibody, AbbVie's clinical pipeline in Alzheimer's still includes a pair of candidates obtained in a 2017 collaboration with Elektor. That's all for this time. Many thanks for listening. Log in to access all these stories in full, which are also linked in the article accompanying this podcast, or if not yet a subscriber, please do take a free trial to see what you're missing. Bye for now.